Uh, we're going to be uh, picking up and resuming a message that we started last week. Uh, does anybody remember what we were talking about? Not normal, right? We kicked the thing off, and uh, we've been, we've been uh, talking about uh, what, what is normal, what defines normal, uh, and we've really found out that normal ain't all that in a bag of chips, right? That's right. Uh, I believe normal is overrated, and if we as believers, we really uh, uh, study it out and, and pin this thing down, we find out that God doesn't call us to be normal anyway. God wants us to be supernatural, right? Uh, to stand out and to shine for His glory. Amen. And so I'm excited to, 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 to pick this message up and really kind of dive a little deeper uh, and, and show you some more truth of, of how God's kingdom uh, really is, how, how we, can, we can live in and operate in it uh, while we are in this world that is the exact opposite of God's kingdom. Amen. Uh, so let's go ahead. Let's look at that first point. Uh, we're going to hit some recap points. Uh, before we get into the new part of our message. And so we said last week, this first point uh, that we laid out for you on our outline, we said, today we're living in a new normal because normal is relevant to the culture, community, and environment we are in. Our culture, community, and environment uh, define our normal. And so it's, it's really uh, the culture and the environments that we live in, the cities, the states, the countries that we live in, that define what normal is. And we, uh, right now, with uh, the coronavirus, uh, normal, if there ever was such a thing, uh, normal is, is ever-changing. We're going to talk about that, too, how one day something's normal, uh, and five years later, maybe even five days later, that thing that was normal is no longer normal. Uh, and this virus has shaken up the whole world on what people thought was normal, right? Because we're living in a... A new normal, right? Right now? Everything looks different. Uh, even our church looks different, right? Praise Jesus, we're able to gather. There's nothing like gathering. Uh, but we've taken out chairs, right? We, how crazy is that in the house of God we can't hug each other? Or shake hands? We talking about a new normal? Yeah, we are. You know what? I don't know how long it's here to stay. Hopefully not long in Jesus' name, but it could continue to go on. And so, but we looked actually at a couple pictures last week of, 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 of how quick normal can change. And to prove the point that, uh, and it's good news for us because I believe this ain't going to be for long because what's normal now won't be normal in the near future. Y'all remember some of the pictures we looked at? We looked at uh, what a normal American bathroom looks like, right? And then we showed you a picture of what a normal uh, bathroom looks like in, in Africa or a third world country. Would that bathroom in Africa be normal to you? <laughs> if you didn't know what to expect and you went, if you asked them, can I use your bathroom? They said, yeah, it's, it's over there on the corner. And you walked in there, you might be a little surprised <laughs> because it's not what you're used to, right? And the flip side, they would be like in awe of our bathroom. Are we blessed? Yeah. Yes, we are. We showed you another picture uh, of some cell phones uh, and what a normal cell phone looked like in around 2000, right? Does anybody remember some of those? Yeah. And, and what a normal cell phone looks like today. <clears throat> so normal is defined by what is going on at the present time. It's, it, it, it's, it's, it's ever changing. It's, it's going to change. 
So that's good news for us as a church, right? What what's, we see is new normal now will change uh, in the future, in Jesus' name. But I, w- I want you to hear me. You know, I think and believe that normal is, 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 is overrated anyway. You hear a lot of people saying, I, I want to go back to normal, back to the way things were. You know, and we, we definitely can't go back to that because that type of normal, that type of mentality, it keeps us bound and it restricts us from what God is wanting to do in and, and through us right now. Because I'm robbing my present from how my life was and looked like back then. And, and, I, and I resist the change that's happening now. I don't necessarily like change, but change is inevitable, right? It's going to happen. And so the sooner that we accept that, the, the more open we, we can be for God to allow to use us. Let's look at that, that next point. We're talking about uh, not being normal or not going back to normal or not even being called to a new normal. We have to accept change and we have to accept the new normal as citizens of this state, our communities, and our nation. But I want you to hear me as Christians, as believers. Anybody believe in Jesus in this place? Uh, we're not called to a new normal. We're called to a new kingdom. Somebody say new kingdom. And the kingdom of God is not normal. Did you know that the kingdom of God is not normal? You know, and I feel like a lot of people, a lot of believers, before all this crazy virus stuff hit, we gathered on church and we were thankful, but we really took it for granted. We didn't realize how amazing our God is. And we, it just happens. We get caught in routine, we, we get dressed up, we get the kids ready, we come to church, we say, oh, amen, hallelujah, pastor, I uh, feel good, I'm going to go home and, and get lunch and then take a nap and then and we get into a routine. And what's normal about preaching about a guy named Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified and then three days later rose from the dead? That's not normal. God doesn't call us to normal, he calls us to be Supernatural. And so I, I pray and hope, I, I know I've been shaken, uh, woken back up. I don't ever want to take just gathering on church on Sunday mornings for granted ever again. Because the kingdom of God is, is not normal. The story of Jesus is not normal. The church moving and operating in gifts and talents. We just graduated some of our favorite people. That's only God was able to allow them to graduate, go through a whole year of classes of our grow track. The church doesn't do, that's not, that's not normal. That's the power of God. That's the power of God. And see, God doesn't call us to be normal. We talked last week that God calls us to be holy. Somebody say holy. holy. We studied that out. Uh, we said that if you study that out, the word holy, it literally means to be set apart. Set apart. I don't know if you know that or not. If, if you didn't know that, write that down. Uh, highlight that. Holy means to be, to be set apart. And so let's dive a little deeper. If you start out, set apart means to what? To, to, to stand out, right? To stand out from a crowd. <laughs> so if you're telling me holy means to be set apart, set apart means to stand out from a crowd, what does that mean? Standing out is the opposite of being normal. So I, as a believer, cannot be normal and holy at the same time. Why am I struggling to go back to normal when God calls me to be holy and it says that I can't be holy and normal at the same time? If you are fired up for Jesus, you're going to stand out. 
You ain't going to be normal. You're not going to fit in with the crowd. You're going to stand out for his glory like a sore thumb in Jesus' name. Like a, not a sore thumb, but a blessed thumb in Jesus' name. For his glory. So let's strive to be holy and stop trying to be normal. And our normal, it holds us and bound, binds us and keeps us locked in our past. Anyway, let's look at Luke um, 17, 21, uh, B. Uh, we got New King James for you this morning. Uh, so it says, for indeed, uh, the kingdom of God is within you. And so God's calling us not to, to be normal, to even go back to normal, to even be to a new normal. He's calling us to a new kingdom, right? And he says, the kingdom of God is at hand. Uh, it's within you. The kingdom of God is at hand. It's, it's within you. And it's the kingdom of God inside us that frees us. Somebody say, frees us from the normalcy and the world around us. It's the kingdom of God inside of you that, that can allow you to, to, to not stress out, be fearful, experience anxiety, experience uh, all this stuff as the world is changing around us. And do you know it's changing every day? They're setting out new rules, new guidelines, all this stuff every day is changing. But it's the kingdom of God inside of you that frees us from that, y'all. Because do you know that this kingdom, right, is, is temporary, and God's kingdom is forever. And so this isn't my permanent home. I, I, I'm just visiting. I want to enjoy my visit while I'm here. And I can do, only do that through his kingdom. But I know he's calling me higher. He's calling me farther. He's calling me to his kingdom. Amen. Let's look at that next point. Our last uh, recap point. So we said last week that the kingdom of God is upside down and backwards. Y'all know it. It's upside down and backwards, the kingdom of God. If you didn't know it, now you do. Uh, Jesus said, uh, what did he say? He said that the first shall be last and that the last shall be first. He said if you want to uh, find life, you need to lose it. And if you hold on to your life, you'll lose it. It's upside down and backwards. God sees the, the solution to my problem a lot different than I see the solution to my problem. And you see your problem a lot bigger than God does. God don't stress about the problems that are going on in your life. It bothers him. If it grieves you, it grieves him because he's a good father. And if it breaks your heart, it breaks his heart. But we got to trust and know that the kingdom of God is upside down and backwards. And I need to trust his way and trust his process. But the rest of that point, it says the kingdom of God is upside down and backwards. And it's, it's, it's unchanging. It's like static. It's like that static. It doesn't change. It stays the same. The kingdom of God is within us that enables us to be steadfast, unmovable, and always abounding in the work of the Lord. This is how we remain steadfast, prayerful, full of faith, full of love, full of grace, full of mercy, uh, by being unshaken, unmovable, and abounding in the Lord is by being plugged in to the kingdom of God and trusting him and his ways. And I want, want you to hear me. God's way is better for your life. God's way is different and foreign to you at times. The longer you live for him, the more you see and recognize what he's, what he's doing, how he's working in your life. But you got to hear me. God's way is worth it. It's better. Somebody say better. And, and if you believe in Jesus, look at your life. You know and remember you had a BC, right? Your life before Christ. And then you have an AC, your life after Christ. And you can see and know that your life is better. 
And so, you know, we got to be careful as we, as we try and take parts of our life back, right? Does anybody do that? Am I the only one? And I begin to trust my ways again and my, and my logic. God says, my thoughts are not your thoughts. My, my ways are higher. And remember that I'm not God. And when I do that, I can remain steadfast, unmovable, and abounding in my faith. 1 Corinthians 15, 58, it says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. There it is. And uh, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. That's how we live and abide in his kingdom, how we stay immovable, unshakable, and always abounding in the work of the Lord. Let's look at that next point. This is our first new point for today. So we're talking, saying that God's not calling us to be normal, right? He's calling us to a new kingdom. And so his kingdom looks, feels different. It's upside down and backwards to, to the way I think and live. But he has some, some things that are, that are, that are steady and, and the way his kingdom works and operates is different than the way kingdoms uh, operate in this place. So the kingdom of God, there it is, is more than just rules, regulations, and rituals. Those things change, right? <laughs> We've seen that and experienced that a lot lately. Of how fast rules and regulations and laws and rituals can change. See, but... The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Righteousness, peace, and joy are the standards. Somebody say standards of the kingdom. And so we have to live and operate in this world, right? We're here. We have to abide by its rules, its laws, its regulations. We have rules. We have laws. We have regulations to help protect us, right? They're, they're there actually for our good. See, but they change. They change all the time. People break them. Hope you ain't any of those people breaking the law. And then we got to change it, right? And, and so it's, it's, always, it's always changing. Uh, and it's changing just as much as our norms, right? Our normals and our society. But here's the good news. We said last week that the kingdom of God is unchanging, right? It's the same today, yesterday, and forevermore. Uh, and, and his kingdom, his kingdom doesn't change. And his kingdom has a standard and a measurement that is the same. And, and part of that standard is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So, and those are only a couple. We have what? Love, mercy, grace, uh, patience, kindness, goodness. I could go on. We're just giving you three for today. And so in order for me to live and operate in the kingdom of God, we need the righteousness, peace, and joy in these things. See, love, righteousness, peace, and joy, these are the standards of God. And did you know that standards are a measurement? You cannot change a measurement, a standard. Think of it like this. No matter what, no matter where you go, an inch is an inch. It doesn't change. It is, that is a standard. Everything is measured to that standard of what says an inch is an inch. You can't change it. So the kingdom of God, hear me, is the same. No matter what your life looks like, no matter what you've done, in order to, to be made right with him, he wants to give you love, joy, peace, righteousness, patience, goodness, kindness, love, all these things, they don't change. They're the same. They're the standard of the kingdom of God. Amen? They don't change. Let's read Romans 14, 17. 
And actually, we're, we're plucking this uh, one scripture out of a, a bigger chunk of scripture in Romans 14 that we're going to give you here in a moment. Um, but we're just going to look at verse 17 for, the, for, for right now. It says, Paul's speaking, he says, For the kingdom of God is, is not just eating and drinking, but righteousness, there it is, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. See, we have a tendency to just look at our lives and see our needs and see the things I want and the things that I feel. And, and, and it's just eating and drinking and being merry and getting the things I want. Uh, and it's more than that. It's, it's righteousness, peace, and joy, something deeper, something that has more value than just the, the materialistic, tangible things that I think I want and need. God wants to do something deeper in our lives. And he wants to give us those things, the righteousness, peace, and joy. And it's in the Holy Spirit, he says. So when I see and feel the gifts of the Holy Spirit in my life, I know that I'm, I'm operating and living by the kingdom of God, right? When somebody says something nasty to you, something that maybe you should be offended by, and you know what, in that moment, you, you take, you take uh, captive of that thought, and you say, you know, not today. You clothe yourself uh, in peace and righteousness and joy, and you say, God bless you. You don't let it phase you. What happened in that moment? You chose the kingdom. You, you, you didn't choose what it looks like to be normal in this place and how the world says you're supposed to react and respond in that situation. And you stand out and shine for his glory because you didn't do what the world does. You acted like your father and you shined for his glory. I got an extra scripture I want to give you. Brittany should have it. It's not on your outline, but you can, uh, you can write it down. It's John 14, uh, 26 through 27. Jesus is, is speaking. He's, he's speaking to his disciples. He's about ready to, to go, right, and be crucified. And he says, but when the father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit. And he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. I am leaving you with a gift. There it is, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. The peace that I give, he says, the Holy Spirit that's going to come in my stead, in my place as a representative of Jesus Christ himself, is going to give you peace and an understanding that this world cannot give you. No drug can give you. No, no drink can give you. No, no fancy outfit. No fancy car. No fancy house. No, no job. The peace that I can give you can only come from the Holy Spirit. He says, so don't be troubled. Don't be afraid. And, and, and so right now the world is 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 afraid they're terrified they're they're stir crazy they've gone mad a lot of even us have had moments where we're just overwhelmed and stressed out uh they're sharing some statistics on the news you know their suicide has like jumped so high people are killing themselves over this stuff it's it's so sad it's it's heartbreaking and it's because they the world is just going nuts and if they just knew that they could have peace that Jesus bought and paid for for us. That all we got to do is, 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 I say it all the time, tap into, remember. And so it's just, just this easy. We can have the peace that we desire from the kingdom of God. All we have to do is ask and declare. Ask and declare. I ask it in his name by faith and I declare his word of God and his promise and it's mine. That's it. I, I ask it in his name and I declare his word, and I can have it. Amen? Let's look at that next point. So, the kingdom of God is upside down and backwards. He calls us to live uh, different than the world we live in. And so as Christians, 
we are governed. Uh, we got in parentheses uh, king's dominion and, and dominion there. And that's, that's literally what, what govern means. If you kind of study it out, it's, it's, it's dominion. Somebody over you has authority to govern you. See, but, but God works differently. As Christians, we're governed from within. Somebody say within. Not without. That means that the kingdom looks different in each person's life, yet it's the same for every person. So how does God, how does God begin uh, to, to work in our lives? How does God get somebody to follow him and, and love him? Anybody? He has to first reveal himself and really change our heart, right? He doesn't do anything on the outside to try and control us. God gives us free will. He doesn't want anybody living for him or choosing him if they don't want to. That's your choice. See, but how does the world work? How does the world govern its people? On the outside, right? External forces, control, laws, manipulation, media, to control, to herd you to where they want to get you. God, he governs within. And so he governs all his children the same way. He wants you to choose him because you want to. So he governs us all the same. See, but he changes us all differently. He governs us all the same. He gives us a choice, but he changes. The, the life of God manifested in my life looks different than to somebody else. See, see uh, God saved Ian different than he saved Lisa. She went through some different stuff than I did. But now, see, he, he saved us for the same reason. <laughs> he governs us the same. His, his life is the same. His, his mercy, his grace, his peace is the same. That doesn't change. But his, his manifestation of who he is and the gifts and talents that he has for her and for me are different. Because he's no respecter of persons, right? And, and she, has the, she has the same uh, available gifts and talents available to her as I do. Because he governs the same, but he changes us all differently. The kingdom, the kingdom of God is, is manifested different in each life, but it's the same for everyone because his standards don't change. Let's go ahead and look at Romans 14. Uh, we're we're going to give you the rest of this. this is, uh, we're going to go through 23 verses, uh, so bear with me. But it's, it's, it's really important. I uh, really just want to show this to you because Paul is, is writing here in Romans, and he's talking really about the same, God's sameness for each believer, but also how it's different based on where I'm at, what season I'm in, what I'm doing, what God's doing in my life right now as opposed to yours. And see, when I see and recognize what God's done in my life, uh, and you're not there yet, and I try and come alongside you and help you, right? Come on, somebody. And I, I try and tell you what you're doing is wrong. Come on, somebody. Nobody done that? And, and see, I, I almost don't get, maybe I might get offended. I'm trying to help somebody, and Paul's saying, just, 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 just quit with that and listen to me, okay? So this is what he says. He says in uh, at verse 1 there, he says, Accept other believers who are weak in their faith. And don't argue with them about what they think is right or wrong. For instance, one person believes it's right to eat anything, but another believer with a sensitive conscience will eat only vegetables. Those who feel free to eat anything must not look down on those who don't. 
And those who don't eat certain foods must not condemn those who do. For God has accepted them. Verse 4, Who are you to condemn someone else's servants? Their own master will judge whatever they stand or fall. And with the Lord's help, they will stand and receive his approval. I want to stop there for a moment. He says, accept other believers who are weak uh, in their faith. And he's actually, to put this into perspective, the new church is being birthed. And, and a lot of the, the, the believers, the newer believers, they're saying Jesus has made all food clean, right? We're under our new covenant. Uh, the old law, you know, they weren't able to eat pork and certain unclean foods. And so some of those believers were saying, yeah, I don't, I don't know. And so there was, dis, there was discord, there was a disconnect. Some were saying, you're wrong, and some were saying, you're wrong, and they're, what are they doing? They're arguing, right? And it, it's more than just food. I want to put it into spiritual context. It doesn't matter what we're talking about. Uh, just because your convictions are different than mine, it doesn't make it wrong or right necessarily. Amen? But what, what, what Paul is trying to say is, y'all, Let's give others the same grace that God gave us. <laughs> I need the same grace. I need to give up the same grace that God gave me. Uh, just because I've walked through that season and they haven't yet, doesn't mean my perspective is final on their life. I don't know what they're going through. I don't know what they've done. You know, and so I need to give out the same grace that God gave me to get me to where I am. And if we do that, then God can work and move in that relationship. Amen. Let's skip down to verse 10. It says, here he goes, he says, So why do you uh, condemn other, another believer? Why do you look down on another believer? Remember, we all stand before the judgment seat of God. For the scriptures say, As surely as I will live, says the Lord, every knee will bend to me, every tongue will confess and give praise to God. Yes, each of us will give a personal, somebody say personal, account to God. So let's stop condemning each other Decide instead to live in such a way that you will not cause another believer to stumble. To not cause another believer to stumble. You know, Proverbs, they said it like this. We need to take the plank out of our own eye, right? And stop judging the other person for the planks in their eye. And if we would just look and focus on, on our lives and stop judging and condemning other, especially believers... Uh, for, for, for the sake of whatever to make me feel better because I think I'm right. And he says, just stop, just stop it. And, and you know what? The, whoever you're trying to break through to, they don't have to answer to you. That's right. They don't have to answer to you. They have to answer to who? To Jesus. Right. One day, we'll all give a personal account, it says. And so the best thing that we can do is to know that and see that and recognize that because, see, I believe we need to help others. We need to help others, but we have to stop judging others. And if we can see that and, and know my purpose and my role that I play, I can come alongside and help, but then I can just allow God to do that supernatural miracle to happen that only he can do. Amen, that only he can do. Uh, and, and, and then God gets... The glory and breakthrough happens and miracles happen. So, you know, that's, that's love them where they're at. And I just want to brag on our church, on Liberty Church Holly Pond. I, since we've opened, I feel like we do a great job of loving people where they're at. So thank you so much. Uh, you know what? And, and, and we, we model that, you know what? And we love them enough. And we say this all the time, right? Not to keep them there. 
But we, don't, we do it in a way where we don't judge them. We, we come alongside, we help them. What do we do? We pray, we agree with them, and what happens? We see it over and over again. God works, right? So let's keep doing that. Y'all give yourselves a, a, a hand. Y'all keep, you're doing an amazing job. So thank you. You're, you're demonstrating the kingdom of God in real people's lives. Verse 14. Pick back up there. It says, he says, So I know that I'm convinced on the authority of the Lord Jesus that no food in and of itself is wrong to eat. He says, okay, so y'all are bickering. I'm, I'm just going to tell you what I believe, he says. Jesus has made all foods clean. You, you can eat it all if you want. But, he says, if someone believes it is wrong, then for that person, it's wrong. And so if that person thinks it's wrong, he's saying, don't judge that person. Their convictions are different. Verse 15, and if another believer is distressed by what you eat, and you are not acting in love if you eat it. So he says, if the other person is bothered, don't do it around them, in front of them, because you're doing it in their face, right? So don't let your eating ruin someone for whom Christ died. Then you will not be uh, criticized for doing something you believe is good. For the kingdom of God is not just eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. If you serve Christ with this attitude, you will please God, and others will approve of you too. So I was reading that and I feel like, you know, what I got out of it was I felt like Paul was saying, he's saying to us, if we're allowing uh, another person's personal life to get in the way of my joy, my peace, uh, my faith, my righteousness, then I've lost sight of what God is calling me to do as his son, as his daughter. And so I'm allowing someone else's personal life to rob, kill, and steal, and destroy what God is trying to do in my personal life. Amen? So I've lost sight of the kingdom of God. I, I'm just as lost as the world when I live and act that way. Paul says, righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit, and if you serve Christ with this attitude, you cannot not please Him. And others might think highly of you too, he says, when we live and demonstrate our lives in that way. Verse 19, we're almost through it. Somebody say amen. At verse 19, so then he says, let us aim for harmony. Harmony. In the church to try and build each other up. Don't tear apart the work of God over what you eat. Remember, all foods are acceptable, but it is wrong to eat something if it makes another person stumble. It is better not to eat uh, meat or drink wine or do anything else if it might cause another believer to stumble. Go ahead and underline that. Highlight that if you want. Make a note. Verse 22, you may believe there's something wrong with what you are doing, but keep it between yourself and God. Blessed are those who feel guilty for doing something they have decided is right. Blessed are those who don't feel guilty for doing something they've decided is right. But if you have doubts about whether or not you should or should not eat something, you are sinning if you go ahead and do it. For you are not following your convictions. Somebody say convictions. If you do anything you believe is not right, you are sinning. So the new covenant is amazing. It's awesome. Do you know what sin is for us as New Testament believers? Sin is anything that you do that you believe to be wrong and do it anyway, that is sin. If you don't do something that you know to be right 
and you continue to not do that, that is sin. That's it. And Paul says that um, through our convictions, we're to follow those, and that is, is how we, we navigate and operate in the kingdom of God. And he says, so I need to recognize my convictions are different than Billy Bob's or Linda Lou's convictions, and I need to respect their convictions as well. And so I just want to share this uh, for a moment. This is kind of off track. But um, something that we believe and something that we've uh, demonstrated at uh, Liberty Church based upon what the scripture says, we don't want to be a stumbling block to another believer. For Ian, drinking is a sin. Even if I have one beer or one glass of wine. To me, it's sin because I know God's told me, Ian, you can't drink and not sin. Do you know that there's a lot of people, responsible adults, that can drink one beer, one glass of wine without sinning? And, and praise God on you. <laughs> they can do that and not sin. At Liberty Church, to be a leader, to be in any type of leadership role, us being a Celebrate Recovery Church, y'all know we're Celebrate Recovery Church, right? And we don't want to cause another new believer to stumble because let's say maybe you, you had so-and-so in class. You don't struggle with drinking. You go to the pig, pig wiggly, uh, get your groceries and you got a box of wine and you run into to, to Billy Bob and one in your class who's just come out of addiction. He's doing good. He sees you and he sees you as a leader, someone who speaks life and drinking and maybe he thinks one day maybe I can drink responsibly and not sin. And what's happened? That new believers questioned what's, what's, what's going on in their life. And so we do that to protect the integrity of our ministry. And so as, if you want to be a leader uh, in Liberty Church, if you didn't know, now you know, we cannot drink, even if you can responsibly. If you don't want to be a leader, you can do it between you and God, right, as the Scripture says. But to be a leader at Liberty Church, we want to remove uh, all appearance of evil, Right? So that God can use us. Amen. And he uses us. <laughs> we see signs, miracles, and wonders, right? Because we go the extra mile. We talked about the kingdom of God being upside down and backwards, right? Jesus said, go the mile and then go another. And so when you do that, God blesses that. Amen. Let's look at that next point. It's our last point we're going to give you this morning. And so, so God, he governs us from within. He governs his believers uh, from within, he, he, he changes our lives by changing the inside of us. So, convictions, our convictions, and what we're talking about here, they're, they're not commandments, though. They're not commandments, and they do not override God's commandments. Convictions are God's kingdom instructions through the Holy Spirit for our personal lives. And so do you know that there are commandments that God says is sin? And so what we do a lot of times, we think what I believe, the, the convictions in my life is God's law. And so if you're not living the way I live, then I'm right and you're wrong. And so God, he governs us within, through our convictions. It's another way with his law that he can still lead us and guide us by the work that he's doing in our lives through the Holy Spirit. But hear me, so your convictions are not God's commandments in someone else's life. We can't impose our convictions on other people. You can't do that. Except when there is a but. Does anybody have a family? 
some kids. We're, we're about to have some kids. Uh, and raising kids is an important part of life. And, and when you have a role of a parent, guess what you get to do? You get to impose some of your convictions, right? It's, it's how you raise them. I hope and pray that you do that. You know, and, and raising them to who they're going to be and how you've grown to be who you are. And, and we can do that. As a leader, you have authority and power to, to use your convictions. As a pastor, I get to do that with our, with our church. And, and I love that I get to do that, but it's, it's your choice, right? You can, you can accept my convictions or, or not. And so that's, that's, that's a part of being able to do those things that we get to do. But we can't, we don't get to do that at the workplace uh, when so-and-so's messing everything up or <laughs> jacking everything up and, and they ain't working based on your standards or your convictions, right? You can't, you can't come over and lord over them. It's not how it works. Let's read Hebrews 8.10. He says, but so the, the new covenant, this new covenant, this new promise that Jesus ushered in for our lives he says, I will make uh, with the people of Israel on that day, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their minds and I will write them on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. And so God, he, he helps lead us and guide us. He sets the parameters of, of what's right and what's wrong and things we can and can't do based on his word and, uh, and his commandments of what sin is. But he, but he also, through the Holy Spirit that, that is with us, helps lead us. Uh, in gray areas of our lives and, and meets us at a personal place where by my convictions, I can help do what God wants me to do. Has anybody been to a place you want to honor God and you don't know how to do this or walk through this and you don't want to mess up and you're, you're trying to do it right? If that's you, maybe now, keep praying, asking God, seeking. But what's another thing we can do? Get with another believer, right? Somebody who's maybe been there, done that. And guess what's going to happen? You're going to pick their brain, and they're going to start sharing what? Their convictions. And that's how, that's how the, the, the harmony of the church can work together, like Paul's saying. When, when we do those things and accept each other for, for our convictions to make the church, to make believers stronger. Amen? So that signs, miracles, and wonders can happen. Here's the cool thing. The Holy Spirit gave this to me right at the end as I was studying yesterday. See, we have a tendency, you know, conviction, when I feel conviction, I, I feel bad, and you're supposed to feel bad and, and change what you're doing or convictions of the things that you really love and care about that make you feel a certain way. But when you mess up and that conviction comes, be thankful because that conviction is what? It's proof that you belong to Him. That conviction is proof that you belong to his kingdom. Hey, and hear me. If you come to, a, come to a place where you're doing something wrong, you know you shouldn't be doing and you don't feel nothing, that's a scary place. The Lord maybe have handed you over to your own devices. And so that's, that's proof. That, I don't know about you. That makes me feel good. Even though I messed up, it's still proof that God is working in my life. It, it proves that I'm not living my life based on my own standards. Uh, what the world says is normal. I, I'm living my life trying to live to his standard, right? And when I fall short, I feel bad. And that's proof and evidence that the Holy Spirit is alive and well inside. Come on, somebody. That's good news. That's good news that he cares about you. He hasn't left you, forsake you. He's with you. And all we got to do is, is trust him. Amen. 
all we got to do is, is trust him and his ways, even though his kingdom's upside down and backwards, and know that it's for the better, right? It's for the better of my good. I want to ask everybody, let's, let's um, close our eyes and bow our heads and just, uh, just stay in his presence. And, uh, I feel like right now with just the way the world is, <laughs> I can't wait till I get to quit, stop talking about this virus. Uh, but the world is not operating and living this way that we're talking about this morning. I just feel like as a church, as believers, we need to be, we need to be like extra sensitive to the things of God, to the kingdom of God, as we're out and about doing things, meeting people, going to stores, and especially those people working in stores, you know, don't gripe, don't complain if we see things we don't like or agree with, and they're making things harder for us, and just love on those people, and how important it is that we be led by the Spirit of God so that we can do the same works as God. And the only way you can do the same works as God is be led by the same Spirit. And so I just want to just impart His Holy Spirit in this place uh, at a fresh level, a, a, a fresh wind this morning, amen? So if you want some, some extra God this morning, just raise both your hands up. If you want some extra Jesus, some extra Holy Spirit in this place, we got a lot of hands raised uh, so that He can just lead us and guide us this morning. So Father God, Lord, I... I pray, God, as you all these have raised their hands by faith, Father, God, that you fill them up supernaturally this morning. God, a refilling, a refreshment from heaven. God, that we be led by you, that we live according to your standards that don't change, your measurements, God, your, your life, the measurement of life that you pour out in us, God, is, is, is unmeasurable, God. It's, it, it's amazing. It's life-giving. God, and I pray that we leave here, God, filled up with your presence, power, and love, uh, and sound mind in Jesus' name, God, that we, we know what truth is when we hear it, and we know what lies are when we hear it. God, and we, um, when we feel overwhelmed, God, that we literally just say the name of Jesus. God, that we, we remember and say the name of Jesus. God, and we, we, we ask it in the name of Jesus, God, and we declare it by your word, God. So I do that over these folks now in Jesus' name. I want to ask you if you're here uh, visiting with us, here in our sanctuary at our campus, or maybe you're online watching. Uh, maybe you've never made that commitment. We call it being born again or getting saved, uh, where you accept Jesus in your life as your Lord and Savior. I want to give you a moment to do that here in a second. Um, or even if you're, if you're watching with us or you're here, and maybe you've known Jesus to be your Savior, but you've, uh, you've fallen down, you've fallen short, you've, you've messed up, you've, you don't feel... If something was to happen to you today that you don't know if you're going to heaven or hell, if that's you, this applies to you too. Here in a moment, I ask you to do something. So either you've never been saved or you've been saved and fallen down and, and you want to stand up for his glory today. If you're in our sanctuary right now, I want you to just stand up. If you've never done that, never made that commitment, want to do that today, or if you're online right now watching, I want you to, wherever you're at in your home, in your car or whatever you're doing, I want you just to stand up. If you can't stand up, raise both your hands so God can see you. Uh, and I ask you to do something by faith because the Bible says faith without works is dead. And so if God is speaking to you right now, you got to do something by faith. If, I'm going to give you a few more seconds if you want to accept him today to stand up for him. Amen. Amen. Well, I don't know if somebody is maybe doing this at home, watching with us online, so I want to lead us in a prayer. 
Uh, and if you're watching with us, I want you to repeat after me. So it goes like this. So, so Heavenly Father, God, we, uh, we love you. God, and we believe in your Son, who is Jesus. God, we accept him into our lives today. God, we believe it. We confess it. We accept it. God, now lead me and guide me all the rest of the days of my life. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.